With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Only 4% of universities in the U.S. are R1 research institutions, and Temple University is one of them. This means 100% of students have the opportunity to participate in hands-on learning and research with world-class faculty. With over 600 academic programs across 17 schools and colleges, Philadelphia's largest public university provides students with a rich variety of opportunities and propels graduates to succeed in their careers. Temple University. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu. visit Jason, welcome to the Jesus Christ Show. Hi, Jason. Hello. How can I help you? Yes, um... I have a question uh, regarding the um, existence of evil. Okay. And the definition of uh, the Christian God. Um, the Christians define God as being omnipotent, uh, omniscient, and omnibeneficent. Um, so if God's all-powerful and all-knowing and all-good, when he created Lucifer, he knew that Lucifer would rebel and become Satan and be the source of all evil. So, in that sense, God is the source of evil. No. Um, that is a, a faulty dilemma, actually. You're building up an argument based and coming to a conclusion um, in logic, it's called uh, an informal logical fallacy. You're saying A equals B um, equals C, and it doesn't in this case, because what God creates is something perfect and uh, with the knowledge that perfection uh, can, and in this case will, uh, become imperfect. But it doesn't mean that God created the imperfection. God only creates the possibility of imperfection by creating perfection. So let's start with that first and then go to the all-knowing part. If okay. uh Evil is a weird thing, uh, Jason. Evil is – it's a privation. It's the absence of something that should be there. Um, it is not – it's not something unto itself. There is no evil thing. You don't step in evil. You don't pour evil into a glass. It's not like that. It is the absence of good. So in order like to ha- – cold. Yes, exa- like cold exactly. Brilliant uh, uh, analogy. Um, cold is not, there is no such thing as cold. It's only the absence of heat. Uh, and a lot of people misunderstand that. Um, it's, uh, the lack of heat that creates cold. It's not something unto itself that is cold. And, okay. um, so it, this similarly, you build a good tree or you build a good car. If you have a perfect car, it's perfection unto itself. Yet if, uh, if it gets rusted, the rust is a privation. It's eating away at the good. It's not something unto itself. It's breaking down the good. Same with rot on a tree. But you don't have an all-rotted tree anywhere. There's no such thing or an all-rusted something. If it was all rusted, there'd be nothing. So evil can't be a totality unto itself because it actually is a privation. It's taking away from something. So what God did do, and you're correct, is allow the possibility and later – the execution of evil 
for the greater good. So think of it this way. Um, uh, Hitler was a bad guy, right? Did bad things. Yes. Um, and what were what what were some of the bad things that Hitler did? He killed people, right? Yeah, genocide. Yeah, us. ten million people. So to um, to eradicate that evil, uh, it would be ridiculous to say, well, the best thing to do would be to kill everybody. Then if you kill everybody, no one will ever kill anybody again, right? Okay. So when people ask the question about God and the possibility and the probability of evil, whenever you have good or you have something you shouldn't do, um, you are actually saying it's better for God not to create at all, which would be the equivalent of somebody killing everybody so no one gets killed again. So what you have is you have the creation of good, which allows for evil as a possibility. As we know now, that possibility uh, became uh, not only a probability, but a reality. And the assumption is that because there is evil, that outweighs the good. And it doesn't because evil itself is not something. So the good still outweighs the bad, and therefore the good is still the better benefit and the better path in the long run than it would be to have not created at all, which is a moral uh, neutrality. It doesn't have any weight. It's not morally better to create nothing because there's nothing. So God creating something that is good with the possibility of evil that became the actuality of evil is still better because the good will outweigh the evil than it is to create nothing. So even in God's omniscience and all-knowing and all of these things, God still did what was good and ultimately which will be best because this isn't the best world. This is the best path to the best world, which is heaven, um, which will be the ultimate landing place of purification. And just like you would purify metal, it's uh, this is the heating process to make the dross come to the top that gets scraped off for the purification of metal. So to get to that place of purification, evil has to be at least an option and, as we know now, an actual reality. And, I mean, because even, like, to even, like, discuss good, like, to even, like, like, use the term good, there has to be something to compare it to. It's like a comparative term. Um Yes, which is why you need God. You need something. There is no good or evil without a transcendent of which you're using as a canon or a measuring read to decide what is good. So good is a, is a, is a statement that doesn't mean anything if there is no transcendent or God. It's just an agreed-upon right. term, and therefore no one could judge 1945 Germany because if you get enough people to agree with something, then it becomes right. And so, like in that sense, just in like a like a yin yang type of a thing, like um, no, because like uh, evil yin and evil yang, like, yin and yang are equal and opposite. The devil is not equal and opposite of God, any more than rust is equal and opposite of a car. It's not. It's a privation. It's a. It's the. It's digging away at good, but it's not. It's a, trying to erode good. But it's not uh, yin and yang. That concept is different. That's like day and night or an equality um, of light and darkness. And that's totally different. That's not what well, evil is. Well, I was saying in the sense of just like that there is like goodness in the existence of evil. Because sort without of. evil, 
nothing would be good. Well, no, you can have no, you can have a perfect car with zero rust. You can't have a car that's all rusted. So that's not a true statement. However, what what is true about that statement, Jason, is that um, that there are things in this world that would not exist without evil that are good. So, for instance, nobility would not uh, happen or courage would not happen without adversity. Um, firefighters are not heroes without fires. Uh, law enforcement are not heroes without criminals. So, yes, there are things that there are good that is magnified because of the comparison to the privation of evil, most definitely. But you could still have good people without any uh, necessity of evil. Evil is only uh, a necessity now because it exists. And once it's opened, you can't put the genie back in the bottle. It exists and it will, uh, in this world, will proliferate. But their good people can still make decisions to do good things. And ultimately, God's conclusion is heaven. So God sees the end as well and knows that the end uh, is better than not creating at all and having those people that are good to be in a place that is good um, still supersedes and transcends the bad or the erosion that is taking place here on this earth, just like uh, a rusted car is better than no car. And it, it's God is the source of all things. Like he's still the source of of the potential, even yeah. for there to be rest. Yeah, that's that's very fair to say. God is the source of all things, and therefore, uh, God is the source of the possibility of evil by creating good. It's just like saying um, that your parents are the source of your death. <laughs> I mean, isn't it? Yeah, no, that's good. Too. You know, so it's it's yes, there are some things that you can't separate from it, Jason. But the but in the big scheme of things, it's still better to have you live whatever years you live here. And I guarantee your parents would agree better to have a moment with you than to have you never to have existed. And uh, and one day, yes, the laws of thermodynamics state that you are going to break down and simplify and die. So that's a bummer. But. The life that you live is still precious no matter how long. If you lived for one day, it still has value and has value to your parents and to the people that you touched and experienced you um, even though you will one day die. So regardless of how long you're on this planet, as long as you're doing things uh, that are uh, for the betterment of mankind, you're still adding to it in the good and that death will be overshadowed by the great things and the legacy that you live behind, hopefully – and have power in that. And so if you were to focus on the death saying, well, we're all going to die and my parents just basically created, uh, started my death by giving me birth, then you would miss the beauty of the life in between. And I, and I hope that you don't. I hope that you see no, it for I what it is. I definitely don't. I definitely recognize the light. And um, if we're all heading towards towards heaven, um, if you're going to take the right life, if, if God uh, eventually wants... Um, all of us to to live in like this perfect realm. Um, how like, could that be? Like how could how could there be a place unto itself that that is perfect um, without there being 
Ah, okay. So why 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 this then? Well, it goes back to the analogy. Uh, why didn't God just put us in heaven? You mean, just start there um, and not have the possibility of evil? Well, like, not just so much that, but just like, just like once, like, like if heaven exists, and and when we get there, um, how can that be sustained uh, without there being like any sort of like a a fluctuation like a possibility of evil or okay um because we're up against a break we're going to take this break but uh hang tight i think it's a great question uh we lost jason maybe he misunderstood and uh or had to go but uh very wonderful questions i love that type of thinking and that pattern of thinking and he was asking about the concept of evil the problem of evil um talking about uh heaven so as we were chatting about heaven, he asked, you know, the, how come there's no fluctuations in heaven? Uh, as, uh, you know, how, how would it remain st- uh, stable with goodness? And the best way to understand that is uh, the finality of a decision, like let's say death. Uh, if you were to die, that is final. There is no do- do-overs. There's nothing else you can do to, to change uh, that experience or that that place, right? That it is what it is. Same with heaven. Once that decision is made for heaven and unto death, then you are going to experience that for eternity. That's why there's no fluctuation. Luger, welcome to the Jesus Christ Show. How are you, sir? I am well. How can I help you? Uh, just to give you a very quick little background, I listen to your show every week. Thank you. Uh, without bragging, but just to give a background, I'm a biblical scholar and a theologian. Well, that makes one of us. Uh, well, just a joke. You never. Okay, thank you. <laughs> I, I need to be told to laugh. Thank you. Thank you. I need it. Okay, so loving God with my whole heart and searching constantly the scriptures and so on and so on, not to break, just just to let you. I have a real problem with the current church and the first commandments. In that, let's take the first one. Uh, You shall have no other gods before me. Mm. I am a jealous God. I get it. But that really conflicts with what a lot of churches teach that Jesus is God, although it is said over and over again, he is the son. They're separate. But that isn't what's really taught it, and people don't get it. I'll give you the second one very quickly because you're very intelligent. You'll go across them all. Is also remember the, not a, the Sabbath day and keep it holy forever. And the other is, have no graven images. And if I go, which I do not anymore, into a a lot of Christian churches, I look at the imagery everywhere, and I go, I cannot be here. And that really bothers me, because I would love, after many, many years of spending time in churches, I cannot go in anymore because I know better. What do you say? Ah, there's a lot there. And 
I, I want to make sure that I I go through these properly because they're because of the sake of a time I tend to abbreviate. I I believe that the audience is uh, you were very kind with your compliments to me, but I believe the audience is very intelligent. So I ask a lot of them to fill in the blanks as I have to abbreviate things for the sake of time. But your question is more than just the simple theological question. And I've had this asked many times on the air in different forms, but I get the impression you're asking differently than other people ask. So let's go over the simple parts of it. Yes, the Sabbath is holy, but the Sabbath the Sabbath day is not a day in the same sense. Now, we know this in Scripture because sometimes a day is as a thousand years and a thousand years is as a day, right? It's written. Okay, it's written. So conceptually, the word yom uh, being day uh, often specifically means a 24-hour period or a day period, but can mean other things as well. The concept of the Sabbath is really about, to a Christian, to a New Testament Christian, is really about um, the uh, spirit of that day and having that day. And this is amplified when people ask about the Sabbath, and my response in Scripture is that the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. That changes yep. the energy of what the Sabbath is and what it means. Now, granted— Christians do not worship on the Sabbath. Doesn't mean they don't celebrate the Sabbath. They don't worship on the Sabbath. Most modern day Christians worship on the Lord's Day. Now, this had, the Lord's Day is uh, dealing with the death on the cross and the resurrection. It's dealing with that resurrective uh, Sunday. So, no, Christians, most Christians are not worshiping on the Sabbath, but that doesn't mean that they are not honoring the Sabbath or having um, a time of rest. So the the day is not to be worshipped, because if you worship the day, it becomes a graven image of sorts. It becomes an idol. Yes. So, so the problem is not to ever make that Sabbath to be something of worship. And this is throughout Scripture, Acts 27, Colossians uh, 2, 16 and 17. There are times where there are different days of worship, even in uh, the New Testament. So, well, there's been one Sabbath in certain weeks. But what I was referring to a little more specifically, and not the way that it was kept by the law, you must, can't walk, no fire, that don't mean that. I mean, honestly, most Christians don't really sit down and say, today is the Sabbath, and I honor that. It, it's gotten shifted, it seems to me, to the uh, second day of the week, or rather, uh, technically it's the first day of the week, which would be the Lord's Day, it's so-called. Yes. Rather than, okay, this is a very special day. I, I can observe this in many different ways. I, I don't get have it. to not make a fire, but I do... I get it. People are not worship. Uh, people are not honoring the Sabbath. It is a great day to worship. Yeah, I, I get it that people are not honoring the Sabbath. However, this was the battle with the law, and this is what in Scripture you see often uh, the, the wrestle uh, 
the wrestling that, that went on with me and the religious leaders at the time. So let's look at that conceptually in the biggest picture because if you get lost in that right there, it becomes the law again, which is what I, I it says in Scripture, I didn't come to abolish the law, I came to fulfill it. Now, once something's fulfilled, it is done. It doesn't mean that it's abolished. It means that the spirit of it is still in existence, but the debt is paid. So if you look at it this way, the 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 law in the United States is to drive on average 65 miles maximum speed limit on the freeway. But the law has a spirit of the law, which is to protect life. That is what the law is about. It's not about some arbitrary speed where it where you're automatically sinning if you hit a certain speed that's not what it is it means that they are ha- they have done test after test after test about the amount of people on the freeway the type of uh vehicles that are now created with crumple zones and etc and safety harnesses and all these different things and they feel that that's a a good speed where most people can travel and still control the car and all of these things however if somebody is if a life is in danger there is no speed limit there is a, you don't have an ambulance or a fire truck yeah, yeah. or a, they, they, because the spirit of the law is to protect life. The spirit of the Sabbath law is not about worshiping a day, a particular day in a particular time, because the Sabbath day is different today than it was then. I mean, there is no the equivalent is different. There is the 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 calendars change. There's all kinds of things that are changed. But well, the Levites the, have kept it meticulously. There are, there are, yeah, you, now you're talking about a people that you, that um, uh, there are those that are even having a hard time to trace back to that individual people. You're talking about different calen- calendars, wh- whether it's the Julian or the Gregorian or the Hebrew calendar or any of these things. You're talking about many variables uh, with leap years, with everything in, in the Americanized version. So you've got all these variables that continue to shift and to change things. So it cannot be about the essence of of it cannot be a literal day. It has to be the spirit of it. Now, well, of course. So it, and in that jumping to that, I will tell you that there are many Christians, if not the majority of Christians, that are not honoring the spirit of it. Still, having said that, I agree with you. Yeah. Um, but. The there are uh, there are things within that Sabbath that became a law that I absolutely fought directly against and made comments specifically against, like protecting livestock on that day and things like that that they were pushing against. Uh, what man of his ass falls in the mud on the Sabbath won't pull it out. Well, of course, indeed. So that but but that was different. To them, so these are the people that were practicing that Sabbath then that still had it incorrectly by modern day Christian views. So you had people that were children of the Sabbath that I was correcting, that thought that my uh, beliefs in the New Testament beliefs were wrong and incorrect. And I'm saying that even now, it the Sabbath changes and grows. It is living and breathing and continues to grow and to modify as the need for rest changes. It's just different. That's, the, that's because the, that's why I was saying don't try and fit the person into the Sabbath. 
fit the Sabbath into the person. And, and so that may not suit you. Maybe you want to do it a little differently, but I don't think that there is one specific way that that is, um, that that is honored. I, I agree with you, and I, I agree with the spirit of the whole thing, not getting caught up in the law. My problem is, is that it's not really taught. And by my understanding, there's kind of a reason why these commandments are in an order. And when I used to teach, I used to say, remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy is above murder, adultery, all of those. Stealing, it's very important. And I couldn't agree with you more. It's what's in your heart. You can do the jump up and down, but if the soul isn't there, it doesn't. But why is it so important? It isn't taught. What what I have a problem with is the churches aren't really teaching it, not the specifics. I mean, that's a starting point. I get it, because I think a lot of the pastors and leaders don't understand it, quite honestly. I think a lot of them skirt the issue and would rather do a 10-part series on tithing than understanding the fact that the reason why the Sabbath is important is because if you if you hold dear the Sabbath and a time of rest, if you're feeding yourself with the Spirit and you're taking time to read God's Word, to pray, to interact with God's people and have that time of rest, then you will be less likely to murder, to steal, to do those things, which is why it becomes more paramount. It ends up, it's not that it's more important than life or death. It's that it will prevent, though it can help prevent those things by having a time of rest, a time of worship, a time of inhaling the scripture and exhaling the word of God. That all that that's why it becomes important. But it it's not that it um it it's not that it should be worshipped or become idolatry. Now hold that thought because I want to talk to you some more on the other side of this break. And we were chatting with Luger. Are you still there? Yes, sir. Uh, we, we really only have a quick moment here, and I want to jump to a couple of things. We were talking about the Sabbath, and I want to leave that for a moment. I think that we've you know, looked at it from multiple angles. But you made a comment about Jesus being God and not being God, being the Son of God. Um, and there are, are obviously those that believe that. Uh, mainstream Christianity would not call them Christians, but the, there are those that—, that that believe um, that um, I wasn't uh, God, I was the Son of God. However, in Scripture, there's not a whole lot of room for that when you look at um, uh, references, John 10, 33, where it says the Jews answered him, it's not for you or any good work that you do that we are going to stone you, but for blasphemy, because you being a man make yourself out to be God. And that's a very powerful statement in the context Also, um, the story in John 20 of Doubting Thomas, the the Greek there is very powerful, to to say something like that, my Lord and my God, is not an exclamation, but would be blasphemy. Sir, might I interject very quickly? Absolutely. My Lord, stop looking at Yeshua. And my God going on looking up as 
two different things. No, there is not. That's not qualified in there. That's not found in the scripture. Were you uh, raised in the Jehovah's Witness Church by any chance? No, I was raised uh, actually Wisconsin Lutheran, which was stricter than strict. Okay, but for... they but that's not a belief from the Lutherans. <clears throat> I've done a lot, a lot. That a lot, is a lot that of is studies. that is not that is not a mainstream belief at all. And as a matter of fact, you have to put in that modification of grammar to make it say that. There is no place when you connect all of the dots that are spoken about and the things that are used, like the previous reference and this reference and John 1, 1, uh, in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, the Word was God. There, there is no, there's no place for that interpretation. As a matter of fact, that's very much a, a Jehovah's Witness type interpretation and not a mainstream interpretation at all. You really have to add grammar to that to make it say that, and you'd have to add movement to that. You'd have to add the movement of him looking up, and you still, in biblical times, would not make the exclamation of, my God. You wouldn't say that in that sentence. It would still be considered blasphemy. So even a comma or period wouldn't change that would be blasphemous, and as a spiritual leader, I would have had to correct him. And there are those that even bowed down to worship, and I never corrected them. Yet even angels corrected people that bowed down to worship them. So there's a lot in there. Out of all the things, uh, I really enjoyed our conversation. We're up against the clock, obviously. But uh, out of all the things that make me most nervous, it's that conclusion with uh, what Scripture says about uh, Yeshua HaMashiach, Jesus the Messiah, more than anything else. The Sabbath and all that stuff can be reconciled differently. Remember, more importantly than all the craziness in the world are these simple words. I am with you always. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.